Wardcast episode 110, go. Yes, the theme song. <laughs> and and how do the lyrics go? Ding dong. Hello, it's Ward Games. Yeah, that's the Ward Games podcast show. <laughs> you know what, Joe? You're completely right. I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't released the new the new theme song yet, but people already reactions are that it's the greatest theme song of all time. Already it's already been leaked. It's just it's topping the charts. I'm Dylan Vento. I'm Joe Wedmore. I'm Kenny Kim. Wow! You Whoa, guys, you guys are on it. This is this is a this is a momentous occasion. It's a wordcast first. This is the first time that Joe and Kenny have shared an episode together. <gasps> and I gotta say, the sexual tension is just off the charts. It's palpable. Yeah. You can you can reach in the air and touch it. Right. It didn't help that you know it took us forever to get started, and, yeah. and so just Kenny and Joe are just sitting here just sweating it out, just yeah. like. Just like shaking. I'm sitting in a puddle of my own sweat. Is that uh, what it is? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that. Okay, nothing else. All right, good. That's um, good. All right. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, I well, I told you guys the the the. You guys want to talk about shitty shitty uh, uh, audio <laughs> software not working? I, you know, we can. Although what I found is that even with good audio software or like really simplified streamlined things, bad things will just happen in audio and recording equipment. Yeah. Like we've simplified our our structure for, for Instant Replay Live down to just like a few items, but sometimes you'll just turn it on and it just won't work and you got to reboot the PC and just like, well, that was a weird artifact. Yeah. What happened there? We don't know. Sometimes it's just hard to learn from. God decided. Yeah. Not, not, not today. Right. He smote the recording implements and there was much rejoice. <laughs> Kenny, you stream. Yes, I do stream. Do you have any difficulty with with audio stuff? Um, I used to um I primarily used OBS before. Um which OBS don't get me wrong, OBS is great software, but sometimes it just isn't intuitive. Um but then I realized that the graphics card I bought came with a free year of XSplit so I started using XSplit and that has greatly simplified the process of streaming for me. Cool. It's it's definitely XSplit and there's a lot of them that are just that those simple packages are sometimes really nice but uh the, the, there's then there's so much custom customizability in OBS. Mm-hmm. That's where it really comes down to uh I, I like Shadowplay well it's not even Shadowplay anymore. Nvidia used to Is it not? No, they, they it's just the GeForce. It's just part of the, the GeForce the experience, experience. Yeah. Yeah. which uh, just sounds really weirdly like egotistical. Right. <laughs> Nvidia, just, feel the GeForce with your body. Just, just the the most baseless, just self promotion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I brought I brought that up because because we were trying to stream again today and it ain't happening. Like like the like the the first part of of the puzzle works of the pathway and then the final end of it works like the streaming software we want to use but everything along the way just like just breaks down so i had you guys sit here for an hour while i tried getting it working and yeah i apologize for it's not the destination it's the journey right i mean we got to bring up i think what i think is the real most important topic of the day bruce willis yeah we were talking about that (laughs) while we were having our audio downtime and uh die hard i think was you know you don't you've never seen die hard too die hard well well we we brought it we first brought up we couldn't remember the name of Die Hard 5. No one does. <laughs> Which is what is it again? It's a good, good day, day to die hard. <laughs> okay. Which is that a Star Trek reference? 
Like, is that like a good day to die? Today's like, isn't that what Warg said? Isn't or, I feel I feel like War Warf is no there's no way he's the first person to say it's okay. a good day to die. I feel like I feel like he wouldn't be just like that's but, like but it's my go to. It's possible that the writer of Die Live of Die Hard Five really liked Star Trek and just happened to have watched that episode where Worf says that and then decided <laughs> to name his next Die Hard movie that's after perfect. it. So that's a good canon. I like it. Let's yeah. go with that. That's yeah. reality. Now. Just the, the the screenwriter he would lay down on his bed and on the ceiling was a poster of Jay Bradbury or Ray Bradbury and he would swoon and then go to bed <laughs> i actually when <laughs> i was night, young Ray. i used to, I, was, I was trying to write a web comic and I, I, I yeah i was like you know i had like no real jokes but i I had just watched star trek insurrection which is just like a random star trek film that no one had talked about for years is that the one with uh, tom hardy in it no no that's nemesis okay star trek insurrection is, is basically a star trek episode at movie length where they go to a planet and they find out the Federation's meddling and they're trying to get, you know, immortal life. Anyways, Is it with Christopher Plummer in it? I don't... There's one where Christopher Plummer plays a, plays a uh, Klingon. He's the no, main, that's, main. That's, in, uh, that's in the original series movies. That's okay, in okay. Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country, I think. Okay, it's an right. Undiscovered Country. Anyways, sorry, come sorry. on. Stop challenging my Star Trek knowledge here. I'm trying to make a point about this. Right. Is this like that episode with Whoopi Goldberg? And- well, so I, I was weird, though. I, I made this comic, and my, and my joke was that this, this nerd watched Star Trek insurrection over and over again and <laughs> i just made a panel that was just Worf saying definitely feeling aggressive tendencies sir which is a line from the movie <laughs> but it was like what a weird like random thing that i had like honed in on uh, start this this just random star trek movie anyways star trek man star trek and new, their show and therefore die hard the new yeah. show died softly it was Oh, you not like it? It's, Discovery? it's not good. Really? So it's it's and it's it's bad because it is good. It's just not good. If that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Is it like what? not good the way Star Trek should be good? Right. Okay. That's the problem. Okay. It's 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 like a very it's focused on this one main character who's kind of an asshole. Got bacula. Not very she's not very likable. And it doesn't really have like it's kind of like in between being a Star Trek, the Star Trek movies reboots and like wanting to be a little bit more of a thoughtful thing. Yeah, I was. All right. So no, no Star Trek fandom over here. No Star Trek hatred. Just like just never watch Star Trek. Star Trek neutral. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I would. So, so, but I would listen to people talk about their, their opinions on, on Star Trek. And then there, there's Enterprise, right? And this reminds me, just in terms of cinem- cinematography, a lot of like Star Trek Enterprise. The cinematography in this is actually gorgeous. The new one, right? But it has that very kind of like lifelike, lived in, like not like daytime soap opera, but like very it doesn't doesn't have like the high. I don't know how you would call it, but like it does have the 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 lens flares of the J.J. Abrams yeah. films, but it also it also has like a more grounded tone. Yeah, it's. I, I think the problem is, is like it's it's moral approach. It's like you have characters who are very shades of gray, which is fine for storytelling, but not really for Star Trek storytelling. You Star Trek is kind of about an optimistic future where you know, like we all became communists. It's a mission of discovery. It is also <laughs> fairly socialist. Sci-fi but, commies. But man, like we have a very like. TV is is very very good right now in general, but it's also getting very samey where things are kind of dark and grimy and edgy, and that tone is 
pretty pervasive across a lot of things. It's, it's in com- cartoon comedy. It's in dramas. It's in, you know, fantasy series. Everything is all about being gritty and, and moody. And I kind of just want Star Trek and or the next generation again. I just want like right. uh episode of the week, you know, like characters who are, are pretty good people, but they learn lessons nonetheless. I want my Picard like right now in the world's social climate. I really just want a happy Star Trek series and Star Trek Discovery just reminds me how much I don't have that, mm-hmm. and that's 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 my problem. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. Uh, then don't watch Mindhunter, which is what <laughs> what I've been watching. Well, so I mean, I, to be fair, I still do like. Oh yeah, you're just saying specifically from Trek. That's yeah. not what you're there for. Yeah, I understand that. That's funny because I've I've heard not like absolute praise for it, but I've heard everyone else be like, it's good. It's it's there's a moral dissonance to what you expect Star Trek to be, kind of like the moral dissonance in Shadow of War. Oh, <laughs> oh transition! Oh. Do we want to start with that? Ooh. We never finished our, our our Die Hard thing. I don't know what else to yeah, say. I mean, you asked you asked me that, I, or you may have seen that. Well, well, would too. you would you say that our Die Hard conversation died hard? All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, you want to talk about Shadow of War? I do. Okay. I really do. Um, I have a lot of opinions on this game I haven't played yet. Tell tell me your opinions, and then I will tell you whether or not your opinions are true or false. Given <laughs> given my twelve hours of play. Well, I think a lot of people are talking about uh the paywall stuff, the soft oh, yeah. paywall stuff, yeah. the loot boxes, do that. It's bothersome, and it's why I didn't buy the game. But you linked an article that mm-hmm. was very interesting. Yeah, about the plot, which I didn't really know much about. And the mechanics of the game. The Nemesis system is great. It's why I really wanted to play Shadow of War. You get to like interact with orcs. They all have great personalities. You enslave orcs, which is a little dark, but it's Tolkien's world. This is a good versus evil world. Then you link this article, which showed me that the plot is actually about like how it's not so cool to be enslaving orcs. And like they kind of like touch on like the the moral plot of it, which is a weird thing to do in a Tolkien world, which is very much like Tolkien's like good and evil you know like well Tolkien's like good and evil and then there are people like Tolkien is kind of racist like like from the perspective of like you <laughs> know first half of the 20th century Englishmen yeah you know it, well and, and but I mean like and, and there's the weird things to say but then you have when you're in a fantasy world and the orcs are like born of evil are is that like okay to kill and enslave is that is that a problem do the orcs have are the orcs an actual representation of of what is like completely out of bounds of of kind of moral complexity i guess I are th- they just tools of evil or are they actually valuable being living beings well i think um one one thing that like the the orcs also kind of represent otherism like the orcs are the other yeah. the unknown mm-hmm. other and when the rest of the cast um and when all of the heroes are white um in the movies, so it's interesting. There is a a black Gondorian in uh, Shadow War, which I think they put in to help kind of for, avoid, yeah, well, avoid, but also like kind of have different angles at which to observe this issue. Um, I don't know, like, I, like even me, I'm I'm opposed. I didn't read this specific Polygon article. I read the 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 Waypoint article that was talking about the same thing, but it was more. Um, uh, more of a, a a personal editorial where he was talking about like he put the game down because it made him very uncomfortable um, because his experience was he had this one orc who was like becoming his nemesis 
Uh, Kenny Kenny's mic's getting a little limp. <laughs> it's, it's not enjoying this conversation. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, they have, they have medication for that now. The uh, um, it, but so this orc he was named like I don't know like Nashnaw the the Undying or whatever, and so he kept coming back because that's like a big thing. It's like you know your enemies come back. They had a, a lot in the first game, but this one you. this one they like ramp it up a lot where it's like there. And I've I've run into uh an orc of like the same mold where it's like they just don't die. They just. And then he had this experience of he possessed him like in and brought him into his army and he just wanted to die. He just wanted to stop being and the the person who wrote the article was like, I feel very conflicted about kind of press you know, oppressing this this character. Like even though there's supposed to be this embodiment or representation of evil, like down to the fact that like they're not born, they're just like kind of grown out of the mud or whatever, like the Yurokai all that stuff and um i don't know it's weird i think it's i think it's a weird moral quandary to both like even if it wasn't addressed in the game to, as a gameplay mechanic but also when they try to address it and i haven't gotten to that part in the in the game where they do try to address it um because story's very slow going but uh like last week i was complaining about it because like so we had you you me and nick had the big shelob thing uh when oh, you right. guys were we last on yeah and like Shelob is like the 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 motivating force for like the first portion of that game, like the first act, and it's literally acts. Like it's like act one, whatever. Act two, huh. here's the actual game, which I didn't know. So like the first act of the game is just you running back and forth to Shelob. Like Shelob, what am I gonna do next? It's like, what are you gonna do this thing? It's like, all right, cool. And then you run off and you can go do the thing. And you cause Shelob, what's now? What are we do now? Why aren't you a spider, Shelob? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shelob, what's what's the matter? So, so I'm very confused because I. I played the first game. I didn't beat it. Right. She loves on it. Yeah. It's just the second game just seems to kind of like, at least from what you all are telling me, and I didn't get that far in the first game, but it, the second game just seems to like throw everything kind of like in disarray almost where it's like, well, then that's kind of how the, the, the story starts for, for whatever amounts to a story in this game. There is because this game starts with you build crafting a second ring. Right, like a second one ring. Yeah, what the, the, the two ring? <laughs> because you're possessed by the the the, the ring yeah. craftsman. Um, you want to the ring maker. Take on Sauron, which we all know that's gonna end. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but spoilers. It's I you know Shadow of Mordor. I had to kind of at one point realize okay, the plot of this game is kind of silly. I like some of the references, mm-hmm. but I really am here for the gameplay and for the orcs characterizations. Yes, and, and, they, and they're even better in this one. And that's that's why I was so excited about Shadow of War. And it's weird that they tried so many things to make me angry about this game. Right. But, but as for the, the slavery thing, it's it's weird, I think, in the context of Lord of the Rings, where in Shadow of Mordor, they didn't talk about it. I didn't question it. Orcs are just evil. And, and, it's, and it's, I mean, they, they obviously are putting the question more in the story here. I don't know how much, I guess you said you didn't read all, but... Yeah, I, I uh, yeah. There are some spoilers in one of the articles. I was like, all right, well, I read that spoiler. Okay, uh, but uh, they it do, definitely does like their characters have statements that are very like, oh, that is definitely about racism and enslavement about, and talking about enslavement and and the moral like the story plot definitely is becomes fully about that moral quandary. And the problem is is that the nemesis system is really fun and making an orc army is really fun 
and this t- the, the plot is telling you to feel bad about it. Right. Which is cool and interesting and thought provoking, but you know, triple A games haven't exactly succeeded in that. Right. In oh, that. Yeah. Like, like, you know, look at, look at, look at papers, please or something. Right. Where like the, the, the gameplay is oppressive and it's about you, you kind of understanding the, the person's shoes that you're in. And it's very good at doing that. And, when the papers please come out like 2010 something like that and people have been clamoring for for triple a development studios to be to do something like that and here's shadow of war trying in some way to to approach that topic or approach a topic of okay the gameplay is going to be in a moral let's you know gray area for like you know if we're gonna look at it in the best light and we're going to make people try to make people feel bad about doing that. Like, like games are good at, at, at toying with emotions to, to provocate thought. They just don't try a lot. And, and some games are better than others. Like I, I go to horror games are very good at, at, at provoking emotion. Um, you know, you have, you have kind of outliers like spec ops line is good at provoking thought and, and, Bad and, game. and games like that. But, but most triple a games, not so much. So I agree. I think it's it's interesting that they that they're trying to push that envelope, but you know, falling short because hey, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, being a shitty asshole to the orcs is fun. It's fun, and you still do it through the end of the game, right? You, you you're not like, man, this is wrong, but I'm gonna keep doing. I mean, yeah. you are. You say this is wrong, but I'm gonna keep doing it, yeah. and you're still having fun while doing it. So the message falls flat because there's no, you know, if if the game was willing to strip you of resources and say your armies are gone, players would be really mad. But that would be a good point, you know. It's like okay, now all these things, all these powers you had, uh, you're gonna have to, you know, beat this final boss without them. You're gonna take on an orc army by yourself, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be a rewarding mechanical progression, right? But it would be a rewarding story progression, and and not to be the guy, the indie dev that's like, oh, big business has ruined everything. But you could imagine that, like, may, at some point, maybe that was in the design doc, and the developers like, hey, we want to do this thing where we give them all this power and then strip it away at the end of the game. And Warner Brothers is like, fuck no, because people are gonna get <laughs> super pissed at this game. Also, we have this idea for a soft paywall at the end, yeah. Where they oh, can keep buying God. upgrades and get right. stronger and stronger, and right, get more right. orcs. So save. obviously, I'm like too far out from that to even like have a have an opinion on it like you, you get like a complimentary loot box at the beginning and i'm like cool i can't use this yet because <laughs> i haven't gotten to that part of the game so whatever have you uh do you know what the end game is yes. the last chapter is like yeah yeah yeah. so but, it's one big grind which i honestly i like the, i like the if the, that was the whole game i'd be fine with it right. i like killing orcs and finding when I, I go back into shadow of mortar every now and again and just kill some orcs uh, just because the fighting is cinematic and fun uh, I'm fine with that as a as a setup, but the idea of like trying to kind of incentivize players to buy loot to make it go faster or to diversify the experience with more orcs. So, so in the loot box, like what can do you get? Like items, you get orcs. orcs. You get orcs and because 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 the what and items too. Like Upgra- what like, upgrades like gear weapons? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I thought it was just orcs. Um. So yeah. So it's it's mainly orcs and like and there's there's like gear ratings right so it's like you know rare epic legendary mm. which pisses me off because they change they swap the colors that are in wow so oh. legendary is purple and epic is orange and i'm like no just everything <laughs> in my mind says no you can't do this i'm being thrown off uh but yeah so like you 
so after the game ends quote unquote like like the first part like to get the true ending the secret ending uh you have to go through this kind of siege act right so you've conquered all the 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 outpost all of the castles or forts or whatever right and then sauron's forces are going to try to reclaim them so you need to build up your defenses with orcs so you go out and you you chase down orcs and you try to gain more xp but apparently the xp like is is paltry Minimal, at yeah. the end because you gotta get from 50 to 60 and, and you can grind you, i think from what i understand you can buy xp boosters yes you can buy coin doublers oh, basically God. for xp that are temporary i don't know how long they last but i can buy them now uh but so you need to in order to see like the final ending you need to i think you need to reach the level cap and then like make sure you uh maintain all of your all of your bases can, can you are these loot boxes only purchasable with no. real money so there's there's in game currency, currency but okay. it's slower so that's people's mm-hmm. complaint is that yeah. they're artificially like making it a grind to incentivize people buying loot boxes which look we live in a world where free to play is a thing we live in a mm-hmm. world where people are spending thousands of dollars on clash royale or any dozens of of smartphone games and uh, I don't know what Clash Royale is, but I 100% believe it as, <laughs> oh, to yeah. be like that. Just sounds like yes, that is a generic game title on a it's phone. A, it's a Clash of Clans spinoff. Yeah, War um, of People Clans Five, yeah. Fire Age, <laughs> Battle of the People, starring Kate Upton. <laughs> I think Kate, Kate Upton and Liam Neeson and Arnold Schwarzenegger enter a room, Ugh. and they almost fight to be the best mascot for some shitty mobile game i'm sad that i'm seeing ads for that final fantasy like free to play xvs yeah Yeah. well it's like that final fantasy like build your kingdom now and i'm like what are you doing square enix you're not one of these we're making money you're not one of these small companies just trying to ring i mean you're a big company trying to just trying to just get every i mean look what they did with uh the i guess that was technically idos but idos is under square enix but i mean look what they did or square enix under idos with like the hitman thing yeah i mean like like sorry io out the door but it's just like seeing those ads like because the ads look the same as those like war of clans like as i'm like what are you doing at least make it look nice are these like the the youtube ads or the ones that are like in game where like pops up and it's like asking you to interact with it and then anytime you would tap anywhere on the screen just the whole screen is just one big hyperlink to a download page uh click to play now so like you know, I've seen a lot of people be angry about the loot box thing, like, you know, on the podcast, and and I don't think they're wrong in feeling that way. Um, but also, I, I, I think about, we talked about it last week, but I think about what, what Rami Ismail said on Twitter, and he's just like, I am for whatever gets developers, you know, a roof over their heads and, like, in you know, allows them to live. Because, like, the fact of the matter is, and we don't have to talk about this too much, but, like, $60 isn't. It's not. It's not the right price point anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just sell a game at sixty dollars and make your money. I mean, we saw that with you know the the visceral closing yeah. and, and and stuff like that. I almost wouldn't have as big a problem with raising that kind of that kind of price point as opposed to kind of marketing a game as this is the full release and oh, but at the simultaneous mm-hmm. time you have all these like DLCs. Like, I I. Did you get the gold version? Did you get right. the gold edition and, or and silver edition? I think part of it is that you the, because that there's there's a marketability there by by having that that full that full release 
air quotes that I'm doing in person here, um, <laughs> that full release, but then you can say, but we've got DLC planned because apparently people love DLC. And so like it's, it's part of the marketing for a full release game is that it has DLC or extra content that you can buy. That's weird to me. Just, you know, I, I mean, sure, you can buy the expansion back version, the gold edition or whatever. Right. Which I which I will do for some games that I know I'm like, okay, I'm I'm down for this game. But uh I don't know. It's it's a slippery slope also, is, mm-hmm. is yeah. the thing. You know, if you if you let this developer get away with it, it might get worse and worse. And uh what's it? This is WB Monolith, um act, act, not Activision. It's, no, no, WB uh, separate. Uh but but Monolith who's owned by what company? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, okay. Yeah. So, so WB games. They are not short of providing for their developers. This is a triple A title. Uh, I mean, sure, you want to maximize. I, I feel like the difference between these these available, you know, extra contents isn't paying the 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 you know the the uh, overhead. It's the a margin of profit. Not oh yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not I mean, putting money over the roofs over no, the head. No, no, no. Yeah, like a lot of that is probably being pocketed by by Warner Brothers, but also. I don't know. It's just if if they didn't try, if if they said no to putting this, whatever power Monolith has, just probably isn't a lot. If they told Warner Brothers, no, we're not putting this in the in the in the game. It's like, all right, well then, we'll fuck. Bye. Like cutting you off at the knees. Well, I, I mean, there there are a lot of companies that are able to, and I'm thinking a lot, especially of games where they have to continually develop content. And yes. like game, you know, like MMOs especially, there's a reason why you have to pay a subscription fee for a lot of those games because they're continuously developing content. Well, continuously for maintaining a server. Yeah, for, maintaining for one servers. of those games now, like even most MMOs are free to play. Well, like my, my specific example is um, the MMO that I've primarily been playing compared to all others and the one that price stuck through longer than anyone else. And you might be thinking it's World of Warcraft, but it's not. Final Fantasy 14. That game, there's so much content. Like every two, three months, they release a new dungeon. And this game isn't like new. It's been around forever. It's been reborn. Yeah, it, they rebuilt the whole game. Like, and I think I talked about it the last time I was on this show, but like games like that. And um, another good example is uh, Overwatch. Like they have the loot box that you could buy for cosmetics or whatever, but you don't feel terrible if you do buy them or if you don't buy them. Because they have so, you know, they come up with a new map, like maybe like every six months, like every year. There's Junker like, Town just came out. Yeah, right? they come out with new maps, new characters, and that's something you don't have to pay for. Like it comes with the $60 price tag so, or $40, however much you paid to buy the game. So I think people cut them a lot more slack because A, the loot boxes aren't game impacting, they're just visuals. And B, you're getting your money's worth because, yeah, I paid $40, $60, whatever, and I keep getting more characters and more maps. So what's the difference between what Blizzard does for something like Hearthstone and what Monolith's doing for Shadow of War? There's like a Goldilocks zone for it where players have a minimum of like content that they're satisfied with without paying for stuff, but they're like, ooh, I like this developer, I like the game, and I would... Buying stuff would enhance the experience, and there's a... From the developer's perspective, where they need to meet in the Goldilocks zone is like... We have provided a full game. We have ideas for what we can add that will help, you know, make our company company profitable. But like the, these are also valuable things that don't belong in the initial release, and and or are things that like because we're maintaining an ongoing player experience, we can keep on adding content. And there's a relationship between the player and the players and developers of 
to continue making content for this game, like Hearthstone or Final Fantasy fourteen, we can you know provide this. It's not quite the same with Shadow of War, to me at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I guess the 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 first major point in arguing against that would be that uh, in arguing against comparing Hearthstone to Shadow Wars that Shadow War you have to pay sixty dollars for Hearthstone is free on the mm-hmm. outset. So then you can add money. You can pay into something you haven't paid anything at all, or you can choose to never pay, and it's going to be a grind, but you've never pay- paid anything. Uh, another big thing to consider, especially with Hearthstone, is the fact that it's a it's a trading card game, an online trading card game, but you know, traditionally when you're thinking of like Magic or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of those, like that's something where you have to continually invest money in to buy new cards, or you know, if they come out with a new set of cards, you're if, buying yeah. those blister packs to see what you get. And you're ditching all your old yeah, cards. Yeah, and that's kind of... Uh, and if you think about it a little bit, that's kind of where this whole idea of randomized kind of loot boxes came from, of yeah. like buying packs of cards and hoping you get the card that you really, right. really want. Um, so I think people I cut want a those. holographic Frodo. Exactly. I, I want the holographic Charizard. Like, I, so I think like when people are talking about like Hearthstone or like games there, and that's similar vein that you know you can just get into and it's free or whatever, and but you have to pay money to get new cards. Like it's kind of an like an expectation by the end user that you know they're like oh it's a trading card game it's just online but I'm going to be buying like you know packs of randomized cards and hoping I get the card that I want for this deck that I'm building or something similar so so, so the solution is just all games should be trading card games exactly just, <laughs> just Dota trading card yeah, Call of Ar- Duty Ar- artifact coming out World next at War year three collectible trading card game. I think, you know, and there, there's a there's so many extra parts on this conversation. Like one of the best things about being a free game is that you get so many more players. Mm-hmm. That's so many more chances to snare somebody to be like, "Okay, now I want to get more packs." I say snare, I don't mean that like negatively, <laughs> hey, but like just reach into your mom's them. purse. You, you do get a pull though, out the yeah. credit card. <laughs> that's what the dwarf says at the beginning. "Hey there, player. <laughs> Look in your mom's purse. Find a little square thing with some numbers on it and enter it right here. Enter those numbers. I'll give you a good prize." A foil Charizard. Look at this. <laughs> Jimmy, what'd you do? But mom, the, the dwarf, dwarf told me. The virtual dwarf promised me a Charizard. If Shadow of War had a foil Charizard that I could get as a as a as an enemy, I would be okay with it. <laughs> it's just an orc named Foil Charizard. <laughs> Talion, you must pay for the loot boxes. You know how the, so you how the, orcs, the, foil the, the orcs chant before you go on like an assassination mission? <laughs> Charizard, 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 Charizard. God damn it. So that, ugh, I'm so sad about Shadow of War because Shadow of Mordor blew my mind when I yeah. played it. When yeah. the first Warchief came out and they were like, Oognok, Oognok. And I was just like, oh, they're chanting his name. (laughs) There were so many moments in that where I was so cinematically invested in these orcs, man. Like the orcs are the stars of these games. And uh, I, I think I you should you should at least play. So they they showed this in like in like the the pre release trailers and stuff. But they they're one of the first um, orcs you possess. Like one of the first captains you possess is this guy named Bruce. The Australian guy, yeah. yeah, he's the big, the big, the big troll-looking guy. Right. They're called like Ooglogs or something. They're basically the Urukai Ur- equivalents for like trolls, right? They're like hyper intelligent hmm. from like troll, uh, or I mean, orcs to Urukai trolls to whatever these things are called, right? Yeah. And you know, he's super funny or whatever, but he's also like my friend pointing this out. He's basically like a public service announcement guy because you possess him and then he gives you tips later but they're always at random points 
So I got in this scuffle with like three captains and they're like running around. We're like in some ruins, right? And we're fighting each other. And then the, the, the fight pauses and the camera sweeps up to like these broken down ramparts. Like, and he, Bruce just walks on from off camera. And he's just like, hey, you need yourself a bodyguard. Get yourself a bodyguard today. And then he like walks <laughs> off. And I'm like, okay, A, why now in the middle of this giant ass fight? B, how the fuck did you get up there? I, I like that they've kind of heightened the comedy in Shadow of War. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, it's silly, but I, I'm into it. That, But it kind of adds to that weird, like, that, that the dissonance. orcs are funny, they have personality, and you're enslaving them. Yeah. And and especially because of like Forgoth or what I can't remember. I don't know. Fort Hog, Fort, Fort Thog. Fort Hog. The, the, the orc. Looks more like you, a chupacabra to me. Who is based on the, the, the developer who died. Oh, yeah. Who okay. is like a he's like the mysterious stranger who comes in and like kill, helps saves your day. You know, like that's a that's a good guy. And so that tells you that orcs have a have a capability of being good on their own yeah. right which does that that breaks tolkien's like hypothesis that orcs are evil they're bred in evil and now in this version of middle earth it is it is much more morally dubious yeah well in this version of middle earth there's also a second ring and like she, and a she, sexy shalob. she lobs yeah. a sexy woman and i mean what are you talking about i've got these spider I mean, she 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 was sexy in the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Giant I like spider my favorite, legs. My favorite oh, yeah scene. so no joke my brother would he would watch all three Lord of the Rings movies, but only the battle scenes. So he would, and it basically, it was more two towers and return of the King. So he put in two towers and he fast forward, like battle of Helm's deep and then watch the entire battle of Helm's deep and then fast forward it to whatever the next battle was like, and then, and then take that one out and put in the DVD for, for return of the King. He was like, all right, Miss Tirith. All right, black gate and just skip around. <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, yeah, these battle scenes are cool, but, weird how many contexts to him <laughs> but also i mean he, he would watch he watched them like once but uh also i would argue that there's some there's some humor in tolkien um like so it's it's funny watching the movies and then going back and reading the books and how much is actually held over from the books so like the thing where legolas and gimli count how many orcs they've killed in the competition that's in the book yeah which weird it doesn't seem like it would be right, right. like i read this i was like what was this book written again <laughs> but gimli is still way more comic relief in the movies and legolas is yes. way more yeah, matrix Dower, yeah. guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which well, that's matrix. a whole nother complaint line <laughs> i'm just <laughs> shield surfing yeah. i'm just imagining like if it was written in the book and then he slid on the shield down the trunk of the <laughs> elephant <laughs> looking like a total badass <laughs> <laughs> he was like so wicked it was so cool you had to see it <laughs> <laughs> and then the witch king got like super stabbed in the face yes he looked oh like God. a wuss <laughs> I, I, I love the idea that it builds up though over two and a half books <laughs> to this point and it's like everything else is like classic tolkien dialogue and then he just like breaks down in the final battle he's like, like man like sauron totally died <laughs> yeah he died like a punk <laughs> <laughs> that eye like totally imploded. It was like some fireworks shit. Yeah, he like kind of like did this weird thing, you know, when you like crush a beer can. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a star like collapsing yeah. on itself. <laughs> Made that kind of noise. <laughs> I like to think he had to meet like a printing deadline. <laughs> so he was just like fucking gonna just, just slamming out these last 150 pages. So were you saying that there was something from the books that that kind of humorized the orcs or just that there was humor in the there, books? There's humor in the books. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with humor in general. And then uh, that one really old archer let go of his arrow too early and it killed the one orc and they all got mad. <laughs> yeah, like you just killed our bro, bro. We're going to kill you now, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, cool, bro. We're doing our like pre-battle like prep. 
I read uh, it's a bunch of orcs tailgating. <laughs> my my looks like meats on the menu, boys. <laughs> I have some friends who bought this uh, Star Wars episode four book for for a kid, like a like a three year old, four year old kid. It's like a learning to read book, but it's the entire plot of episode four. Except that it just skips over some like key points, like, <laughs> like so it doesn't introduce characters. Like, oh. yeah, like, uh, like I think, oh, like Obi Wan's not there, but he does come up, come as a ghost in the end to like. So you, you don't meet Obi Wan, you don't know that he died, but he comes back as a, and the ghost at the end and says, "Luke, use the Force," and it's like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, but it's, it is just the super simplified like, Old and ben then Kenobi. Luke flew his ship into the Death Star. I want to see that, but for like Shakespeare. So it's like it's like Hamlet, but like his his dad's ghost doesn't show up until or his dad his dad doesn't die or it, until well, his ghost shows up. That just makes oh oh okay. I, I thought you were like gonna the say, ghost shows up, but the dad doesn't die. Doesn't die. Okay okay. I, if you were, I thought you were gonna say the ghost doesn't show up was just like that's just a realistic story of a man going crazy at that <laughs> point, <laughs> which is like that's just a more tragic version of Hamlet. That's just Horatio's <laughs> point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, there is. Have you read the Star Wars Shakespeare versions? No, they're they're it, pretty is it, funny. Is it an iambic pentameter? Uh, ooh, actually, I don't know. But so it isn't is in play. It's, it's written as a, as a script, um, and it's uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name. Uh, but but there's the, they did one for four, five, and six, and it's every every line is just Shakespearean and great. And oh man, I wish I had the book with me so I could read from it. But. Oh, if you want to record some later, I'll. Uh, I might just pull up some lines now, so I can at least contribute something. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's let's kill for time, Kenny. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. What have you been playing? Um, surprisingly, I have been replaying through Fallout Four recently. Oh yeah. Sunk probably thirty hours in the past like month and a half playing wow. through it again. Um, but yeah, I've been playing Fallout Four, a little bit of PUBG. Um. I think it's kind of worn down on me a little bit. Oh, really? At least until it gets more solid. Uh, we'll do we'll do Joe first, but I got something about PUBG. Okay. <laughs> all right, so I'll, I'll read a couple lines because these are all just so good because you know exactly where these belong. Uh, so true it is that these are not the droids for which thou searchest. <laughs> I pray thee, sir. Uh, I pray thee, sir. Forgive me for the mess. And whether I shot first, I'll not confess. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Be thou not technical with me, or else thine input, Valve, may swift receive a hearty helping of my golden foot. Oh, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, help. Thou art mine only hope. Let's see if I can find a Darth Vader one. They're so good. Oh, oh, here's a good one, though. Luke, but oh, what now? What light through yonder flashing sensor breaks? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that? Wait, what scene is that? Uh, you know, I, uh, so... Verily, a new hope is what the name of the thing is. Oh, I I don't know. I don't know where that's from. Do, but do they have a line? The line where uh, where Han Solo's like, yeah, we're 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 okay. <laughs> uh, not in this list Everything, of quotes. How are you? I would how love to read you? that again. That's funny. <laughs> oh man, man, we should just do a whole a whole podcast uh, reading. reading that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, well, we got we switched over to PUBG. Come join us, oh, Joe. Oh, PUBG. PUBG. I haven't played it. Oh. <laughs> I play. Oh. I played some with Nick, um, and it's real fun. I really like the concept of those games. There's been a number of shrinking arena games. Yeah, and I, I played some at PAX East. Um, and oh, you what was the big one you guys really liked? We did uh, the Battle War, the Hunger so, Games one. Yeah, it it had like a it was all wintry, and there was like a 
Oh man, it was the one you and I were talking about that was shown at E3, where the guy, the guy, the guy's name was Jethro Tull, and he just gets up on the stage. I think it was the Microsoft press conference, and he just starts live commentating on this match, and you have no idea what the fuck's going on, but it's like, oh, right in the middle of the game. I remember that, but I don't remember the title. I don't remember of it. what it was called either. I remember, but I remember it was like something like the blah blah blah, the Darwin Project. That's that's what that's it was. Who it was. Mm. Uh, it's 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 a it's a great it's great that Hunger Games had some value to <laughs> to, to the world. You know, I really liked those books when I read them, and then oh, yeah? I watched the first movie, and I was like, "Wow!" Put in this context, yeah, these, <laughs> these books weren't very good. Well, well, the idea is really good, right? The core concept of this this sadistic arena this you know the 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 game rules are really fun yeah i i don't i didn't read the books so i can't say uh, the quality of the writing but uh i i love the concept of the hunger games and in game form it's perfect PUBG, starwin project it, it's interesting because I, I always get a little upset because people always say oh battle royale did it first battle royale did it first battle royale did it first i'm like and every time that argument comes up, I'm like, well, actually, War of the Flies probably did it first, <laughs> where it's children killing children, essentially. That's what they are in Battle Royale, right? They're like teenagers. Yeah. And and I mean, like, the storylines are completely different, but I'm not going to get too into that. But the fact of the matter is, is like when people are comparing those things, like, I'm like, so you're saying just because it happens to be children killing children in, in, in both Battle Royale and Hunger Games, the Hunger Games ripped off Battle Royale, I'm like... No, they they have completely different premises, different plots. Right. Right. Anyways, like if, if anything, you, Danganronpa is ripped on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it's like, and the biggest thing is like, especially with PUBG, is that like the creator, player unknown himself, is already like a self, like you know, self-professed uh, like, oh yeah, I completely took this from Battle Royale because like. I think in the the last content patch, you can actually get the outfit of like yeah, the like announcer the, from the Battle Royale movie. So well, yeah, the loot crates have like tracksuits and and uh, skirts. Yeah, Battle Royale though. What I did really like about it, whether or not it's original, yeah, but <laughs> Battle Royale did have like these kids were fucking terrified. Oh, language, I don't know. These kids were oh. terrified. <laughs> have you listened to the show, Joe? Uh, you know, I, I every time I go on a, another place, I'm like, wait a minute, do I need to watch my language? <laughs> I just forget. But uh this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like there were like suicides from like these kids who were like, I don't want to kill anybody. I'm just gonna kill myself. And it was like holy shit. Like because oh, yeah. it, it was it was it was over the top still. It wasn't like a gritty realistic portrayal. One the villain was basically an anime character. But uh, the 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 character reactions to it were like, oh yeah, that's I, I can't imagine being a kid like being told to kill their kids and like you have friends here. It's the, the the psychological portrayal in Battle Royale was to me much more interesting than Hunger Games. But still, uh, I, I do advocate for putting children in a well. In there's a game. lot <laughs> in Hunger Games that happens outside of the actual mm-hmm. right, yeah. Uh, like games like the first books like mostly dedicated towards the actual game but and then there's a big meta government plot and, yeah, yeah, yeah and that becomes the more more the focus i remember reading a very interesting article about one of the characters specifically in the movie that they and i haven't watched the movies i've read some of the books but there's one character who comes from like a rich district or whatever where like they don't have to like be forced to be tributes people volunteer to do it yeah. because they have like all this you know resource stuff behind it's them like a mark of pride or something yeah but uh I guess he's like holding one of the other main characters like hostage or something and he like says something to the effect of like I was never meant to win was I and then he ends up like killing himself or something. I don't remember in that. In the movie and I remember reading the article specifically showing they're like yeah these books and movies like 
don't have too much depth to them, but you can see even from this like small scene in the movie that like this guy, whoever he is or whatever, and he's not a main character or anything, but like he realizes the fact that like this thing that they were really excited for and excited to do ends up being this horrible thing and that he was never meant to actually win it despite the fact that he has all these resources and everyone thought he was going to win yeah. it. I had that realization a while ago um, with PUBG because I think PUBG is the most realistic shooter out there. Oh, yeah. Because like this is exactly because you know you have kids or people whoever that play shooters and be like oh man like if i was put in like a lore of the fly situation like i'd come out on top because mm-hmm. like i understand like weaponry and and all this and like i got my my strategic mind's been honed but PUBG is like that realization was like no dude like we'd all be fucked yeah <laughs> like, like super fucked and it's cool because it's realistic in the way that like um like it's not really like you get shot and you fucking drink a Red Bull and, and you're and you mm-hmm. heal. Like that part's not realistic. But what's realistic is the the stress that's in do. Oh, like yeah. when I played the first like couple dozen games of PUBG, I was terrified. It's like I don't want to be near anyone. I when I hear footsteps, I freak out. Like it's it's a super stressful situation. And then over time, you get more more. You get you feel safer and you get more accustomed to it. But also like you, the game is about learning how other people think. And that's why multiplayer games and multiplayer shooters, and particularly for me, are fun and interesting because it's first off, it's it's instantaneous. It's not like turn based or anything. So whenever I play Halo, I'm like, how is the other guy gonna think? Which way is the guy gonna go? What's going to happen? Where I'm approaching a house, is someone in the house? If someone's in the house, how do I how do what's my way of ingress, my safest way of ingress? And that's how it's realistic in the way that like you have to think like someone else and even with all this precognition or you know all this forethought like it's still luck of the draw like someone just might be you might open the door and someone's just looking the other way like oh pff, all right I lucked out this time um, or like the circle is like just the, the biggest example of chance in the world mm-hmm. like wherever the circle spawns where it continues to spawn as it shrinks um i think that that's why i think that game is so cool to me because it's like it's it's such it's so indicative of like this this crazy scenario that we're obsessed with in media of what if we just took a bunch of random people and we made them fight to the death or we made them like try to fight to survive and what happens in those kinds of situations what comes out of people yeah and uh, i mean like even like kind of going on what they're saying with PUBG in terms of this kind of mind game strategic element like if you look at a lot of first person shooters uh, nearly any of them like overwatch call of duty any of those there's a behavior that you expect because the maps are designed that way where there are you know especially if you're playing like a defense and attack map like overwatch there's two or three ways that enemies can come at you from a specific place because you know where they are and where they're coming from. and every character has a counter yeah there's ways to like kind of figure that out but with like PUBG, like just as an example one thing I never thought of doing that one of my friends did when I played with him last time, he was like, oh, I'm going to put this med pack down. I'm like, why are you putting it down? He's like, I'm just going to sit down on the floor because I know there's people around. I'm going to hide over here where I have vision on that. They're going to run in, see the med pack, immediately try to pick it up, and I'm just going to kill them. Right, exactly. That's, that's brilliant. Or like, like, so... That kind of stuff. I would never think of that playing a first shooter, but in PUBG, that yeah. kind of strategy makes sense. Or like... um the so the the airdrops that fly by mm-hmm. so like so this plane 
like basically every time the cir- circle shrinks, this plane flies over and does a air supply and it f- falls somewhere within the safe circle and then red smoke and people rush to get it. Cause usually like a ghillie suit or like a relatively good gun. Um, and, but it's loud. It's really loud. And the entire game is based around like you have to hear what's going on. You have to hear when people are walking when people are walking on wooden floors, when people are walking on on the ground, when people are opening doors, opening da- doors are really loud. But if this plane is flying overhead and you know someone's in a house, you rush the house, open the door because they can't hear you come in, and then you close the door and you just wait. And so I can think of at least three separate occasions where I've been in a building and I was like, I swear to God, I heard the door open, but I couldn't tell because the plane was flying overhead. I ain't fucking moving. And most of the times I die because like he has advantage because he's going to, he's going to be searching the house or whatever. And I'm just going to be sitting there terrified, pissing myself. But it's, yeah, it's, it's mind games. It's, it's fascinating. There's this one, I told this on the podcast before, but there's one, you know, those, those, uh, buildings with the, the garages in them, Mm -hmm. like the two story ones. So like kind of L shaped only if you look at it from the outside, but it's a big, big garage door. Um, and, but which is open, there's no like actual door on it. And, and then there's like an office room in the front. Mm-hmm. I come in through the back. Guy's in the office room. I uh, have a shotgun. I'm like, all right, I'm going to blow this guy away because, you know, there's not a lot of room to maneuver. I'm waiting for him. He opens the door. I'm not pointing at the door. I'm like pointing at the wall. So the door's, doors you know, on the adjacent wall. Um, he opens the door. I go to shoot him. He just leaps over the spread of my gun. Uh-huh. And then we're just like strafing back and forth in this fucking room, <laughs> trying to get a hit on each other. I run up the stairs um, to the landing and I just aim down, aim down the stairs. Cause now I have advantage. Cause if you have a height advantage, if you're looking down um, and he doesn't show up and there's that little window, it's like itty bitty, like it looks <laughs> like a bathroom window. I'm like, this motherfucker is going to round the house and look through this window. And then I just sit there for like 45 seconds. And then I just see a head pop. It's like, oh, and, then, and he's dead. <laughs> well, oh man! But it's like stories like that. So like, I, I've had many experiences where someone has chased me into a building, like a two-story building, like those apartments and stuff like that. And they'll just sit on the first floor, like waiting for me because there's only one pair, one thing of stairs going down. But they always forget that you can weep out of the second story, right? Because there's a bal- little yeah. small ass balcony. So I'll just jump off the second story and maybe take a little bit of damage. And they'll hear me like running around, but they'll still think I'm upstairs. And I just walk in and just shoot them from behind. Like that's happened so many times because people are locked in this mindset of traditional first person shooters where like, oh, there's only one or two ways they can come at me. Right. But in that game, there's so many ways to get kill your enemy. Like I've seen games where people play like Hitman matches. Have you seen those? No body armor, no med kits, oh, just wow. pistols. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and people have won those games. And they're not getting everyone to agree to that. It's just, I'm going to play this match like this. If I get a silencer, that's fine. But like that kind of like gameplay of like this ability to kind of go through the game and play it, especially a multiplayer game. It's one thing if it's a single player game like GTA or something like that where you have all this freedom. But a multiplayer game that's got that kind of freedom but still doesn't you know, still has some limitations that make sense. Like, I think they've reached that balance where it's like almost perfect, where it's still fun. It's stressful, but the fun can override how stressful it is. Yeah. Um, I need, I need to play some more PUBG. Yeah. I also <laughs> need to do that. <laughs> I have like 90 hours in it and I need, I need more. 
I know someone, uh, Will Smith, he used to be at Tested. Um, but he now does his own thing. He has his VR startup. He has 600 hours in it. And I was like, holy shit. That's like all <laughs> he plays. But he was talking about it on the Bombcast because apparently, you know, when was the last time he played? Maybe like a month ago, I would say. So apparently cheating's got bad. Oh. And in, in, in the high tier, high MMR, cheating's got bad. Uh, what kind of cheating? Like, uh, uh, so, so, but, so the cheating's bad, but the cheating's good because, so it's traditional aimbot shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what's interesting about this game is that since it's, it's a hundred man, you know, multiplayer, like free for all game, a lot of the, a lot of the math, a lot of the, the, um, kind of, uh, res- resolutions through the, through the game match are done client side. So it's not you pinging a central server and like sending data back and forth. A lot of it, like collision, damage, you're sending it to all the other clients because it's just faster that way. Um, so that's why when you see things like you know you and you and someone else shoot each other at the same time, but only one of you dies and one of you has like a little bit of health left. That's the both of your clients fighting each other to see mm-hmm. whose ping was faster, who fired the shot like a millisecond faster to to resolve that. Um, since a lot of the stuff is client side, it's a lot harder for them to regulate cheating because the cheating, because you can just upload cheat engine or whatever, and it's it's all being resolved on your local version. So that's why you see that if you know you've had that bug before, like none of the buildings oh, spawn. Yeah. Like, well, you can just have cheat engine up and edit the any file, and then just don't render the the buildings. Huh. Um, and you know traditional aimbot shit. So just like if someone's head is within a certain area that just the reticle just immediately scans over to them hits them in the head and so they're getting these ridiculous shots where they have a pistol and they're shooting you know a thousand meters across the map and hitting someone in the head because it registered within that within that hit scan um or within that like ray cast you can edit the speed of your character you can edit the rate of fire of guns. So he was telling the story of he was in a U.S. and he's driving the U.S. into team game, and this guy is running up to the car, the speed of the car, <laughs> and they look over and they're like, uh, "What the fuck is going?" And he has a scar. He just pulls the scar out and unloads the entire like what forty round clip in like <laughs> five seconds, and like just destroys the car and the car blows up and he just like sprints away, just sprinting the speed of a car. And it's like that's bad, but that's good. Man, like, that's hilarious. That's that's a horror game right there. So, is our future the Running Man? Which is that the Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Yeah, where it's like a tournament and is that the movie's like I'm going to ride my fist into the sun like a goddamn yeah. spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he has the TV or the camera. He throws it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that or Smash TV Man or RoboCop. Just all those kind of mashed together. God, yeah. Oh, that's what I hope for. Yeah, yeah. Some nuke just, just in your neck. Just taking these these aerosol injector drugs. Escape from New York. Never seen it. What? <laughs> Were you the one that never saw Big Trouble in Little yes. China? Oh my god. That's you and Cheryl were talking oh my about god. <laughs> Big what Trouble in Little China. How have you not seen that movie? Die Hard 2, Escape from New York. Oh, of course. Die Hard 2, the best one. It is. No, it's the it's first called one. It's Die one. Harder. He dies harder. <laughs> the first one is definitely still the best one, but they I fight on a the plane wing in the third, no, in the second one. The first one's the best. I think I I don't know. I liked one, but three. It's, it's hard to beat Alan Rickman. And yeah, but, but let me present to you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Um. Oh God, who played his brother in three? What was his name? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, let me present to you my counter argument, Jeremy Irons. 
I mean, I love Jeremy Irons. Yeah. I do. I, I his his voice is like a slippery, wet cactus. That you know, and and I, boy, I love slippery wet cactuses. But it's Alan Rickman for me. I mean, there's also Bruce Willis before he kind of had the shadow of being a dick like fall upon him. <laughs> is Bruce Willis a dick? I think so. I yeah, think, I he think he's a dick. He, he, uh, <laughs> like, like we're talking about like non person, like non, like off stage. Bruce yeah, Willis as a is human an asshole. Being, yeah, but, I, I can only, I can't cite any specific thing because I'm not a interview watcher. But I've seen like behind the scenes stuff from some of his movies, and he just comes off as kind of a, a jerk, and not as, and also this is this is Marge's bias, but he doesn't seem very smart. <laughs> and 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 that that like that that compounded with him be kind of being a jerk is like uh you just have a bias against action stars. Uh, well, I no. don't know. You can have smart action stars. Have you yeah. seen this? Tom Hardy is like my bay, <laughs> my bay, uh, Mahar Bay. I'm a little bit sad that Venom is mocap. I don't know why I expected otherwise. But, <laughs> oh, uh, that, just I, wearing like, like a spandex black yeah. suit. Like, yeah. Just, just do it. Tom Hardy can pull it off, man. It's just he owns a, a Venom onesie. Yeah. He brings it on <laughs> like, the set. Like, like, like the, the like cloth teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the hood. Pulls uh, down the hood. I God, I would watch that so much. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Uh, Thoughts are fleeting. It's always... Kenny, did you say you need to head out at four? Yeah, actually okay. right around four. Okay. Um, we can, Joe, do you want to stay on and do like half hour more? Or? Sure, yeah. All right. I'll hang out. All right. It's Joe Dillon show. No, and Kenny. Oh, I need no. to I need to get you your Elgato. Do you have it with you? Cool, cool. All right. Uh, we'll pause the show. Oh, I super apologize again that the stream wasn't working because Kenny is dressed up. I'm wearing my Halloween costume right now. Are you right a Ronin now. or are you like a, a respectable samurai? racist I would say I'm a runner but what I'm actually wearing is a actually from all this stuff other than this sort of thing is from Japan oh They're, cool it's a, a traditional I guess kendogi it's like the outfits that people who are training wear when they're doing like practicing with like the bamboo swords and stuff like that so it actually took me a good hour to get this on because there's a whole process to actually wearing it. There's Ooh. like 15 straps and things attached. To and it, you so. didn't have the stream ready. I'm sorry. Can't you. I wore my world's okayest <laughs> sister shirt. Which is equally a, a good Halloween costume. <laughs> took me a good 20 minutes. You see on. this? You see this? This look? This was for you. This is perfection. You know how long it takes for me to dress up in you, the morning? You, you should have seen the people that were watching me walking up to your apartment. Because people were like, what? Oh, well, what? What's going on there? Guys, 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 sword. He's got a backpack he's and got, a sword. He's got a sword. And, he, and he's Asian. So it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> and to make matters worse, he's Asian. <laughs> All right. Well, Kenny, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, we will definitely have you on again um maybe at magfest oh yeah i will be there and i'll have the the equipment hopefully i will not be drunk if we <laughs> yeah so let me show you arcade games totally lonesome noob uh yeah i'll uh, i'll see you later tonight kenny <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> i like this narrative arc it's good it's good
It's the, it's the story arc. We're, we've already been shipped on the fan fan right. forums. So. But so <laughs> next episode we're together. It's going to be the we've we've divorced or we've broken up. Oh, I, was, I was hoping for a wedding special. And you'll be the awkward in between. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, uh, tell Kenny that <laughs> that I don't like Mario Odyssey, and I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Let's talk about that for thirty Get the minutes. Fuck out of my house, then, Joe. I have problems. All right. Wait, do you legitimately do? I, I do. Okay, I well, then we'll talk about that next. Right. I haven't played it yet, but I don't know. All right, thanks, Kenny. Thank you. And we're back. Holy shit. Holy Baby. shit. So what are we going to talk about? Um. Well, have you been playing anything else that you want to talk about? Before uh, I just beat Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, did you, you like play it? that? Mm-mm. God, it's, it's on my list. It's you have a PS4, right? Yep. It is the best PS4 game I've played. Wow, and it is really good. I the only complaint I have is that there's a bunch of side quest material that I, that I felt like I had to do, and like I was like, ugh, I just want to beat this game because I got I borrowed it, and I got to give it back. So my only complaint in this masterpiece of a game was that there was too much content. That's I mean, like, but it is the story is fantastic and original. The characters are great. The like the 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 sense of like going around and like learning these how to deal with enemies and things like that. Like, there's a progression that's both you know leveling up, but also uh, learning the tactics. And the world is gorgeous. It's just an all around dang good game. Yeah, I you know when did that come out? March, springtime, sounds, sometime like that. That yeah. sounds first half cool. of this year. Yep. Yeah. It's I've been just... on my list for a long time. My list is like this never-ending. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just so happened to have somebody who had it, and I didn't have to buy it. So I was like, not uh. buying a game. That's great. I like free things. So <laughs> developers give me free things. <laughs> Message from Joe. It's true though. Um. Yeah, I I really have been wanting to play For Honor, another game that came out this year. Uh, I bought it. For fifteen dollars on Amazon. Oh, so is that that cheap now? I think it was like some, spe- some special going on. Still haven't played it yet. Hmm. Had it for like a month. Uh, I've got a number of games that I've bought and haven't played. Some which are like like I, I haven't played Undertale. Bought that over a year oh, ago. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I bought Hollow Knight and I haven't had a chance to play that yet. I got I got no stake in Hollow Knight. Yeah. Well, I, but I mean, like, there's so many games where I'm like, oh, definitely need this, and I'll I'll buy it at the full price too because I'm like, I know I want to play this. What I did with Tacoma. I was like, I love Gone Home, so I'm gonna buy Tacoma. Still haven't played it. Yeah. Played like an hour of Night in the Woods back when that came out, and like, I think it was before PAX East came out. I'm I bad, bought- Joe. I'm a criminal. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I bought Destiny 2 a week ago, and I haven't even played it yet. Whoa, 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 but I was whoa? out of town, so I was... Uh, the old out-of-town excuse. Yeah. Yeah. What can I, I say? I could have dragged my whole... De- I considered bringing my desktop to a hotel, <laughs> and I will be doing that now. I was working out of town at a hotel, or from, well, living and staying at a hotel, and I was like, oh, man, Destiny 2's coming out. I could play from the hotel you know, when I get back from work. I found out that I'm going to be doing that for the rest of the month. I'm going to be going down to Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. Fuck for, that place. Right. Well, I mean, whatever. Work is work. I'm from Virginia but, uh, Beach. That's, oh. that's the joke. Uh, I see. It's got a cool uh, statue of uh, Neptune now. So Yeah. So Neptune statue. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if I'm going to be separated from uh, from my my home desk that long, I think I'm just going to drag my desktop down with me. Is there internet? Yeah. Or if it's not good enough, I'll just mobile. I'll just hotspot. Because when they get expensive, no, or it's it's unlimited, unlimited gigabits. I mean, Which just, is what all here, here's my parents' address. You can just you hop over there and just oh my gosh, <laughs> you, you use their spare bedroom. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, I'm Joe. I'll just go. I'm just gonna like buzz my hair and just introduce myself as you. <laughs> I grew a beard. That's why I look different now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I'm really into these shirts. World's finest. Ooh. World's okayest sister, not finest sister. Yeah. Uh, that this, would be really weird if Nick got me that. So Nick bought this for me, this oh World's yeah? Okay Sister shirt. Yeah, yeah. But if Nick bought me World's Finest Sister, I would be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Nick, is everything okay? <laughs> it's fine. My dad's name is Joe, so that'd be funny if you just stopped by there. The Joes. Man, we could have a podcast about your parents. Yeah. <laughs> They're hairdressers. We could have a podcast with your parents. Uh, <laughs> uh, Man. So... What have you been playing? Um, uh, so this is a game called Shadow of War. Yeah, 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 yeah. How far? Do you, so you're not very far. Uh, Twelve hours. But I presume you've had moments where you killed orcs in slow motion. Yes, and that's pretty much. I was very upset at first because like, when am I gonna decapitate a fucking orc? And then finally, when I did an execution where he took his head off, I was like, Yeah, this is the Mordor I know. Did to, do they strip you of your powers? So, so I was talking about earlier how you make the ring, yeah, the 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 new ring as it's so called. Um, when you put it on, the first cutscene is him putting Tally and putting the ring on, and I don't know. There's some like weird magic that happens that causes Celebrimbor to be separated from Talion's soul, and so that's what causes the whole Shelob interlude is because Shelob captures. Celebrimbor and then in exchange she wants the ring so you give her the ring and at some point later you get the ring back uh, but the first act is about you interacting with Shelob because Shelob's granting you visions and sending you on quests so uh, is the separation from Celebrimbor about is that, is that how you lose some of your abilities uh, that's probably how you they justify it it's not, it's not very straightforward narrative wise Yeah. Um, you still feel pretty powerful on the outset uh, of the game it's just in within the first like two story missions, like two story missions that they make you play like back to back or whatever. Like the first, like the intro of the game before it like turns into an open world um, or like a unrestricted open world. They're giving you your a bunch your some wraith abilities back. I think you might unlock an ex- no got an execution later, but you get you get a lot of stuff back. You can't possess people immediately but you can drain them i think you get your drain ability back so you can recover health by by stealthily coming someone and draining them or just holding b and just sucking their their life out um yeah it's a weird thing about sequels that continue with the same character right like how, how do you do that and I, I feel like with this they could have just been like ah oh, no you just, just full power still just you have more powers to get now right uh but uh idk so well it's weird because like i remember games like um so Arkham Origins. It's like in Arkham Origins, Batman had some of the skills he had in Arkham City, mm-hmm. but this is set like at the beginning of Batman's career, like yeah. before he ever meets the Joker. So it makes no sense why he has this technology that he later, I guess, some at some point loses and then 
relearns or re-researches. I don't know. Timelines. It should all be, I am a proponent of the, the Samus solution where she has a badass suit and then the suit gets damaged and right. loses all of her Functions stuff. and be restored, yeah. yeah. It's like, look at this. The, the shoulders have like big balls on them and then she <laughs> she falls down an elevator shaft. It's like the balls are gone. Everyone knows that the size of the balls indicates how many sweet game abilities you have. That's exactly, exactly right. right. That's why, I mean, at the end of, you know, Shadow of Mordor, you just, your pants are just, just these big just, swollen. <laughs> he has to get surgery. He's, he's going through chemo. He's got testicular Oh my God! Cancer. <laughs> the one ring gave him cancer. <laughs> like the Doctor Manhattan of rings. It's the two ring. Oh, it is the two ring. The two yeah. ring. Yeah. Two rings to to buy. That's not as catchy. <laughs> and in the darkness, two rings. In the darkness, and there's two rings in the dark. Mm. No, it's just can't. I need to workshop this some more. Yeah. <laughs> Get back to you. This, this was Tolkien's original <laughs> draft idea. He's like, I just can't figure out. All right, so nine for men, seven for dwarves, three for elves. That leaves the number two and one. Two just seems like more than one. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing. I played that some more. Um, and I, I made a big stink about the story last week, which, you know, to clarify, story still not good. But with the introduction of Bruce... I feel a lot. I feel a lot better about my playtime. What that game to me should be is a very simple story with a lot of orcs, which is what the first one was. For, yeah, for better or for worse, it was a revenge story. Right, it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, it had some, you know, some 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 references to things like Celebrimbor is a cool is a cool thing to expand upon that didn't have a lot to like. The 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 actual thing that I really liked in the story of Shadow of Mordor was Celebrimbor's backstory, yeah. which had some really crazy cool cutscenes. Of pretty Sauron, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was yeah, pretty boy Sauron. I mean, it was cool though, because that's like you know, he was once uh, a Maiar. Uh, mm-hmm. So, anyways, oh no, he wasn't. Uh, Goddamn nerd. Melkor was a Maiar, I think, and that was like his was it, was Melkor above Sauron? Melkor, yeah, so Sauron okay. was Melkor's apprentice, right? Um, let me double check. Let me fact check myself here. I the, don't want to be caught on a the, podcast being incorrect about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the uh, shameful. The, the Maiar's apprentice. Sauron. And then Maiar? they have a. They have a, <laughs> a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull up the good old One Ring Wiki. Oh boy! All right, let's see. Um, the Maiar, the singular of which is Maya, were nearly primordial spirits that descended into Arda to help the Valar to shape the first world. <clears throat> Push up my glasses. Um, boy, nothing more thrilling than me looking up stuff on on Wikipedia. I like, but you're pretty good at at, at stalling while you yeah while you yeah. thanks thanks I, I was I was digging deep. All right, let's just pull up Sauron's page. Is Oh, no, here we go. The Balrogs, like Sauron, were Maiar corrupted by Melkor. So, uh, yes, Sauron was... So my, my initial... Um, my initial... Uh, Proposal. But now, what the fuck was Melkor? Because what, what? aren't... Isn't, like, Sauron, More like, on the Melkor. same level as, like, Gandalf? Uh, well, uh, no. Because Gandalf is a... Uh, Valar or something? Yeah, the 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 wizard race, which has a has a different name. Um, let's see, Melkor uh, was a dark lord. He was a primordial source of evil in 
Ea. He was uh, so he was cre- created. He was one of the original gods created uh, to help maintain the song of creation. Uh, he, boy, this is some good deep knowledge for you. The lore, man, the lore of this universe is so, so cool. Hey, but man, I've read it once. I've I've been on this wiki before. Good, good, good. Um, um, so I can keep up with you. Yeah, I don't. I just don't ask me to read the Similarian. Is that how you pronounce Simmerillion? it? Simmerillion. Simmerillion. Yeah. It's 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 not it's a tough read. <laughs> it's a well, it's like a Bible. Yeah, and like more than one meaning of the word. It's a Lord of the Rings Bible. Huh. I don't know. Uh, okay, so Valar. Well, hold on a second. God, damn. All right, let's just start a new podcast. Okay. Uh, that's that the the Wikipedia <laughs> the, podcast. The, the, the Lord of the Rings fact check. <laughs> we have a couple of people come up and do like a like a one minute speech on lord of the rings lore and then we fact check it for for 30 minutes this is this a can- canon argument is star is so the wizards are starry uh sauron is a Maiar, and melkor or morgoth he has two names is a valar so there we go we're good to go. Cool. Now I've, 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 I've all, all of the ducks are in a row. What does this, what does this lead? What does this give us? So, uh, <laughs> what value does this bring us? Gandalf the Gray, Saruman the White. Uh, uh, you have Radagast, Radagast the, the Brown, Brown, and then you have two blues. The, yeah, I don't know the blue ones. No one knows them. <laughs> That's the joke they used in the Hobbit. You've seen the Hobbit movie, right? Yeah, unfortunately, it's not great. But <laughs> uh, and I've only ever seen the first one. But I do like the part where he's like, and there are two blue wizards. I don't quite remember the name. So, The Hobbit has so I have I, the problems I have with it are not the same as the problems that other people have with it. I don't mind the extension of it. I don't mind the elf dwarf love plot. It's the problem is the storytelling of it, right? Like the, all the added stuff could have been fine, but the way The Hobbit was told was a problem. There was no like. The, even though Bilbo was there, he wasn't really a central character in a lot of ways. Like the dwarves were very poorly characterized over the course of three movies. Like there were dwarves at the end. I was just like, I don't remember which dwarf that is name wise. I don't know what his personality is like. And it just, it didn't, there was, I didn't feel an emotional payoff for a lot of these character arcs in this, in this movie. And I love the Hobbit books, but man, the Hobbit books, plural, the Hobbit book. But, uh, but, uh, the one cool thing that I, I I just like when when Gandalf and uh, and Sauron Saruman and Galadriel all got together and did their like high level dungeon raid, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. This is preposterous and like, but it was it was cool to see like you know just the these these it was a, it was like a fanfic moment. But man, that was that was fun. I I just wish Peter Jackson hadn't been the one to do those well, movies. Well, they kind of just threw him in. Like, because he talked about how would he have like two years of pre-production, a mm-hmm. year of pre-production for, and then a year of filming for Lord of the Rings. So he, like, like he came in, I don't know, a couple months before they started shooting, and he's just like, "Fucking, all right, we gotta figure this shit out." Well, when Guillermo del Toro left the project, because it was gonna be like a co Peter Jackson Guillermo del Toro. Oh, I thought it was just Del Toro. Thing. Uh, del Toro left, and I was like, "Oh shit, no!" If he left then that's a sign obviously that the development is you know it's when somebody like with, with you know artistic direction like integrity leaves a project it's just like oh yeah you, you suspect immediately that there's a reason you know that they left that is kind of damning is that what you felt about uh was it lord miller leaving the han solo 
Well, I was already against Han Solo from like the outset. Oh right, you, I was, meant, you mentioned that. I, I was like, uh, it's, I, I'm still not going to watch it. I, I'm, I'm, and everything I hear now is just like it compounds on. Like somebody said, his one of the the crew members apparently said his performance was Ace Ventura like, which is like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what he would say. <laughs> and then you couple that with like that they, they pulled, Solo. <laughs> you know, when they pull an acting coach on to a, to a character, to an actor like halfway through the film, that's a bad sign. You you fire not one but two directors. Ah, uh, yeah. Ant Man was the other film though, where but well, Ant Man turned out good. Yes and no. I love Paul Rudd as Ant Man. I really do, and I think the overall tone and structure of the movie was pretty great. It was a heist film. It was different, but the villain was terrible, as most Marvel villains are. And I, I felt like it it lacked. It was, it was, entertaining and comedic. Yes, which is true of most Marvel movies. It just it didn't. I don't know. It was missing elements to me that I that I felt like it needed, and it felt like it dumbed some things down. You had a comedic relief character for Paul Rudd, which is just a mistake. Yeah, it's weird. You had you had the scene at the end where he's like, I, I, I've got to go quantum. And he says it instead of just doing it and like letting the audience understand it. And I really am just a huge anti like voiceover moment kind of thing where don't don't have a character explain something like in a what is obviously a little voiceover moment yeah just yeah just we get it he's he's going way small to get into that suit and do some crazy going way small he's going way small and it was a cool scene that that like to me i was going through this entire scene where he's like gone too it is like quantum small right that's the problem when it yeah yeah it's like because they couldn't they can't the the regulator on the belt or whatever done that without saying it people would have understood it. Right. But anytime I, I feel like a movie is kind of pandering, you know, it's like, it's like trying to keep like, like in suicide squad where they're like, okay, now we have to kill her, destroy her heart. You know, like, yeah, we know <laughs> you've told us a lot throughout this movie. Right. You know, we, we understand the MacGuffin. Ah, I, I think uh, watching so many like YouTube channels that are like film, like, like film analysis I'm not saying I'm like an expert, but it's also made me much more critical in the way that I watch movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why a film like Blade Runner is like a treat now. It's like, I just, did you watch the new Blade Runner? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I had to stop watching uh, uh, Cinema Sins because I, uh, uh, I follow Gary Whitta on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He retweeted the director for uh, Kong Skull Island. Because obviously, like the Simmonson, Simmonson's video, you you familiar Simmonson's? Yeah. The Simmonson's video was like you know shitting over, and there's a part where at the very beginning where he makes a joke about like, uh, oh, would you spend half your budget on the rain machines for this scene, and uh, or for the half the budget for the rain machines in this movie, and and a bunch of other stuff, and the director's like going point for point, like addressing like how this is inaccurate, saying like this is the only scene with a major rainfall. This, you know, your criticism here doesn't make sense. Your criticism here make, doesn't make sense. And there's this back and forth that Gary Weta and, and this director had and some other screenwriters about how, like, the, the type of, like, pop criticism that CinemaSins uh, does. Honest trailers. Yeah. Yeah, honest trailers, too. It's kind of, like, it, it, it doesn't help the already, like, festering problem of armchair critics. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I... I 
and I really like Cinema Sins. Um, you know, I, I would watch a Cinema Sin when I like had seen the movie, and it's like, all right, I want to hear what it says about this movie. Um, but you also come in kind of pre-wired when you do like a channel like that. You come in pre-wired to agree with them, right? And even and then Cinema Sins has this thing where they they make jokes out of things that aren't really there. Yeah. So 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 like you know the lap dance joke shows up all the time, and I think like the the director for Kong Island is like, what what the what is. I don't what this isn't a criticism and it's like was true but like also like he's pandering to his audience mm, yeah. he's like he's 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 letting the, his audience in on in on a joke um so I mean obviously there's good and bad things there but in their criticism I was like well you know if I'm gonna align myself with one side here which obviously I don't have to but you know I'm I'm gonna side with Gary Whitta on this one just because mm. like I respect him as both a, a writer and, and, and a voice in both not even just film but also games and tech because you know he used to be editor-in-chief for was it pc gamer or maximum pc oh, yeah i know that he's been it's crazy like his path is really crazy um so it's just like you know if i'm like unconsciously like pushing bias into my brain about this stuff and not like looking at this criticism in the right way i need to and you stop. I do think, though, the I think the Kong Skull Island, Kong Island, Kong Skull, Kong, Kong colon Skull Island. Island. Okay, so uh, the director did. Uh, I think he showed up on Honest Trailers to bash his own movie, right? And that I actually really loved. And it that was, was when that their uh, Comic Con one. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was great, though. I thought you know it's cool. Because that's a very poppy movie. It's a very like, you know, yeah. here's a kind of a popcorn, you know, summer kind of movie. And for a director to be like, yeah, you know, like there's things I could have done to improve. Like that makes me a pre... I didn't want to watch that movie. Uh, I, I don't have any real interest in Kong, but I was uh, but I was just like, oh, another dumb, you know, Hollywood, you know, recycle thing. And then hearing the director's like, man, I kind of appreciate that, that, that there are even attached to some movies that I look at as just like a big dumb action flick uh some of these directors are actually like you know they understand that they're making something that is you right know, and they, they they're still there's still touches there that you know uh even even in a cgi extravaganza there are lots of small touches that belong to those directors and you know it's so yeah and i, and I you know i have been definitely made into a much more cynical being by youtube and, <laughs> yeah. and all of the access to you know like really fun but also like very yeah, yeah, armchair critiques, right? Like uh, Yahtzee from Zero Punctuation. Oh, I still love. Like, I will still watch this stuff and just mm-hmm. it's, it's entertaining to me more than anything. So I didn't like that. That roll my eyes. Like, I I like Yahtzee, or I mean, you know, I used to watch a lot of Yahtzee too. Um, and you know, I for those that aren't in the room with us, which is everyone. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my God, we're alone. You're <laughs> <laughs> alone. Um, I rolled my eyes when when Joe said Yahtzee because I just um. Yeah, there's there's a big. I've had like a very like internal struggle with with Yahtzee and that type of criticism, just personally, mm-hmm. just because you know, you know, Yahtzee came about when like Joystick was still around. I listened to the Joystick podcast and I remember someone writing in being like, "What do you think of Yahtzee Croshaw?" And they're like, "This guy's just a troll." And these are people that have you know I respect and they're mm-hmm. critics and they're in the and they write for a res- respected uh, outlet. And I was, it's kind of like, huh, it's an interesting tack to take. And I didn't stop watching them. And I would, you know, and I don't watch him like religiously. I would check yeah. in, in in and out. Um, and he he did a podcast, like an Australian gaming podcast, with some uh, writers out there for a little while. I listened to that, and um, 
And but then I watched one of his like let's plays he did a little while where it's just like we're like listen to us talk over Half Life One, mm. and just like his like shtick has gotten old. Like I can you see know, that, yeah. he like talks about like oh the American you know military industrial complex and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, this was stuff you were joking about in like 2007. <laughs> like. You need some new material, well, man. Australians, Australia lives on a different timeline than the rest of the world. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but but uh, you know, time, time goes counterclockwise. I've I've never seen any of this stuff outside of his uh, zero punctuation reviews. Yeah. But, um, well, I think like that's that's what got him his in. Yeah. Into like the escapists and stuff. So I think that's the stuff he's most interested in honing down to a craft. But also, this escapist stuff is crazy. Did you hear about this? They fired their entire staff. Whoa. Outside of like Yahtzee and a handful of people. Oh man! And then they went around and said, "Hey, if you want to, uh, you know, write for us for free, let us know." Oh, and everyone's like, slimy. "Fuck that! Fuck you! No, I don't know. I, I mean, I assume they fired their entire staff and then like, and it wasn't like a huge walkout. Um, I believe that they fired their entire staff. But it's just crazy. Like, and you know, and I follow people who are writers in in games, and they're just like." don't work for free don't like and i mean you hear that everywhere like arts artists you know illustrators everyone's like i'll pay you an exposure it's like great but i still have rent yeah that's yeah but but, weird journalism is a weirdly like slimy industry oh yeah i mean there's obviously like you know like all of them that's I guess yeah. Industries are just slimy. Yeah, people are slimy. It's true. I need to actually um, secrete some slime later today. <laughs> I need to bathe. I'm <laughs> yeah. covered in slime. Uh, but yeah, it was just it's weird. So obviously, like Yahtzee was probably like one of their few like reliable hit generators. Yeah. Like people would come in and what I mean that's what I did. I would go to Escapist. I would watch the the Yahtzee video of the week and whatever he was reviewing, and, and then I'd leave. Check out. Yeah. So, I mean, Jim Sterling used to be there. Um, you know, and everyone has their opinion of Jim, Jim Sterling. Uh, which I don't agree or disagree with with any of them. But is he the guy? What's his YouTube channel called? Jim Inquisition. Yeah. Okay. That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. remember I, I watched a series of videos with him in like a legal dispute with this really shitty game. Uh, it was like a first person shooter that was like thrown together with like a bunch of like stock assets. Oh, really? And like so, when when you got shot or when you're taking damage, blood would appear on the screen. But it was blood that was like translucent stock photo blood, and you could even see like see stock watermark. photo, yeah, watermark <laughs> yes. in the blood. And uh, but the guy got really mad at Jim Sterling and sued him over or like his libel review. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you know, damages to intellectual property, whatever. Um, and <laughs> it was just a really drawn out thing, um, which is a, it's a really entertaining watch. He's got like a little, basically a mini documentary on his experience with this, right person and and all the crazy frivolous ways he extended out this lawsuit constantly over the years um but man man oh man man oh man journalisms the journalisms um so back to games yeah uh i've been playing super mario odyssey Oh jeez! <laughs> so I haven't played it. Okay. Here's here's I'll I'll just go ahead and tell you right now my problem with this game. Okay. Uh, I I really like Mario games. Okay. I really What's like your favorite Mario game. Just out of curiosity. Uh, well, so it's a little weird. Super Mario RPG, Legend of Seven Stars, is my favorite Mario game. Okay. But I'm not a traditional one. If you're like a traditional Mario, like games, platformer, Super Mario Worlds and okay. Mario Galaxy are both like way up there for okay. me. I okay. like them both. Okay. And the thing I like about both those games is that they're fairly straightforward Mario games that are very well honed. Galaxy has some weird physics, sure, but it still plays apart from, you know, 
some you know floating stuff it's it's all within the realm of platforming okay um the thing the, the games that I, the game that i like least so far is sunshine <gasps> i really really hated the water pack. oh no uh, the personality of the water pack was very fun flood oh, no, was a very no. fun character but i really just was like i every every time i lost the water pack in that game i was like yes the big this is Mario floating. Again. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like Mario. And, and that's basically what Galaxy is. They just took those levels and mm-hmm. just made a whole game. Yeah. Run. It was very smart. Odyssey uh, has some things that I really don't like. I, I don't I don't care for the, the world hopping. I, I want to be, you know, either in Dinosaur Land or Mushroom Kingdom or somewhere that feels like it belongs in the Mario world. Okay. I don't want realistic dinosaurs when I know that Yoshi exists. You know, I want to feel transported to Mario's domain or Mario's galaxy, wherever that is. I don't want weird, realistic people. I just thematically and like aesthetically, that's where my problem begins. I believe the gameplay will probably be fantastic. Okay, because that was interesting. Because I thought your main holdup would be with the capture mechanic. Uh, no, I, I, that's I, I suspect it'll be fine. I, it's it won't feel like Mario to me probably if I do play it when mm-hmm. I play it. I probably will play it eventually, but uh, it doesn't have to, right? Super Mario RPG was my favorite Mario is my favorite Mario pretty, game. And pretty is, off the beaten path. It is very off the beaten path, but it, but it, it's still, I don't know. There's something, maybe it's the it's nostalgia factor, but I, I remember feeling, you know, that, what that Mario world was. And I believe that weirdly Super Mario RPG, Super Mario world, Mario three and Mario galaxy all exist in the same universe. Wait, say, say that list again. I'm sorry. So, Mario games. I just feel like they they can exist in the same oh, universe. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I just don't feel like Odyssey or Sunshine really mm. can exist in that universe for me. Although that, I, I just a random bit of trivia. I love that the water flood the flood device is made by Professor Gad yeah, from yeah. from Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion. That's brilliant. Yeah. Like, but anyways. so I was hoping for like more tie in with that. Yeah. But never. So. Well, great to start it on the on the wrong foot, Joe. Yeah, we're 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 dead to each other now. Yeah, um, you you love Mario Odyssey, I assume. Um, so I didn't at first. So what? <gasps> dun dun dun. So Ooh. so my favorite Mario out of the three D ones is is Sunshine. What? <laughs> um, what is it about Sunshine? It's um. So I didn't own an N sixty four. And I play. I've played Mario sixty four, mm-hmm. um, not to completion, um, but Mario Sunshine is really interesting. Where it's this both reinvention of Mario in six of three D Mario, but also a lot of a, a refinement in a lot of ways. So like the so the obvious reinvention is the water gun. Yeah, obvious refinement is that it's camera. <laughs> it's yeah, and and the uh, and the obvious refinement is is things like um, the the hub world or you know it's a continuation of 64 with like the hub world you go to each one of these little spokes on the hub and it and you look at uh you know you go to the theme park world or you go to the to the hotel um and all this stuff and and then there's a list of stars and each star is a mission so you enter that world you enter go to a specific world and do a specific mission to get one superstar and then you progress to the next one and then when you accumulate a certain number of stars you go to the next world um and the the flood offers a lot of free range of movement which i really like um and it it just feels i remember uh mike Krahulik from penny arcade talking about it once and saying that like he would replay super mario sunshine every summer because it felt like summer it's like it's summer we're gonna play super mario it's sunshine a very summer vacation game right yeah. um and there's a lot that they do in the game 
Um, and so, and, and that is like a, a introduction of new thing. So like, this is Mario. This is a rendition of Mario that he's going to look like from then until now. Like the way Mario is modeled, the way Peach looks, the way Bowser looks like th- these is, this is how these characters are going to look from now on. Right. It's the first time we have like a, a relatively high poly model of these characters. Um, and so it it's, it's, it's striking that they say, all right, these are now the official versions of these characters. And, and, and this is how we're introducing these new characters with this unique mechanic. We're not in the mushroom kingdom. We're going to Delfino, Delfino Island, and we're going to do all of these water-based things. I like the redesigns of a lot of enemies. So obviously you have Goombas, but like the bomb moms, they're not regular looking bomb moms. They have digital clock faces, which is totally cool in a place where it's a different, you know, it's a different right. uh, part of the, um, the bullet bills. Don't have arms they're just missiles with like glowing red noses to home in on you. A lot of, a lot of cool, like, like I said, both reinvention and refinement that I just, and being someone that never had 64 and had friends that like freak out about 64 rave about 64. This is basically my 64. Cause I had a GameCube and I played this just everything down to the box art. Just, it's not like, you know, the, the Super Mario 64 box art, it's Mario like with a f- uh, flying cap and he's like circling. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. I was the, trying to remember <laughs> Pe- Peach's castle, but this it's a circle. It's like a badge with Mario kind of stepping out of it. It says Super Mario sunshine. And then the rest of it is just, lines it's just like this pattern thing that looks like like a lawn chair you'd see it like a rental place on a beach it's like so much of the design of that game is 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 so unique to that experience and just like it's it's almost perfect in so many ways and that's why i liked it and and i really like galaxy like really really enjoy galaxy i mean and galaxy keeps the same like hub world spokes do the missions um more refined more refinement um uh okay, we're not, we're not going to really, you really, you guys really wanted the flight cap back from 64. So here it is. You know, yeah. you know, your overalls turn brown, you fly around for a little bit. Um, I do. So just to, uh, you know, obviously I, I don't need Mario to be uh classic Mario controls to be, you know, a Mario game. There's Mario RPG. There's Luigi's mansion. Yeah. But I think what it really came down to, I can't deny that super Mario sunshine was a bad game. I think it was just it was just one of those changes where it just I mean you can't changes. you can't say that it was a bad game. Yeah, I think it was it was a fine game. Even playing it, I was like, okay, you know this this is a put well put together game. It just wasn't for me. I, right. I was like, I I I wanted to be. I, I didn't. I guess you know the 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 gameplay dynamics just weren't there for me. Right. But, but also, I I I can't believe I almost forgot this. But the narrative in Sunshine is interesting because it's interesting because this is the first time with a voice actors for these characters. Mm. Like obviously. Mario's not not gonna have a voice of, outside of it's uh-huh. me and uh-huh. Charles uh-huh. Martinet like getting still cashing that paycheck. Oh, <laughs> mamma mia! But you know, Toadsworth is a character. Bowser, Bowser Junior is a character. Bowser Junior is the weird one. Yeah, like they introduced the home. Like he's convinced that Peach is his mother. Right, but like Very they disturbing. have this back and forth, and you see this like relationship that between Bowser and Bowser Junior, where like they have this father son relationship that because you know you know, mainline Mario games are few and far between. That's basically like the most story, the most understanding we have of those characters uh, and their relationship with one another outside of squares version of Mario. Yes, but that's and, different, right? Yeah, it's different. It's but not, I, a core Mario game. So like, and so I would argue that like the, the most narrative, the most continuation of that narrative you see is in the Mario and Luigi games. It's like Bowser's Bowser's Superstar inside story Star. and superstar saga and partners in time. Um, 
which I wanted that. So when I played Galaxy and Bowser didn't talk, he was just like, I was like, like, yes, it was small. It's probably like maybe not even 15 minutes of cutscenes total, but it's enough to like ensnare you with these characters that you've known forever. And like, I just, it's, I wanted to see more of that. Mm. And Odyssey has that, that important linchpin of like, and you know, the narrative is even crazier. It's like Bowser's making a wedding for Peach. Or do you not know this? Well, no. Is he, is he trying to marry Peach? Yes. Aw. So he's trying to become the official king of the Mushroom Kingdom this way? Well, I don't I don't know what his ploy is in, in marrying Peach, but like you, every kingdom you chase him to, he's getting an item for his wedding. So it's like I'm. he steals a dress for Peach. And he's really romantic. <laughs> he's, he steals a bouquet and he steals a cake. And he Are we steals, the bad guys in this game? <laughs> we might be. But like the game... So... And the game narratively, like, kind of knows the 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 nonsense of uh, Mario games at this point, where it's like, um, you know, it's when a Mario game starts, it starts like everyone's happy and everyone's fine, and then Bowser shows up. This one is just in media res, like in the skies above uh, Princess Peach's castle. And it's just Mario on a on an airship fighting Bowser, and then Bowser just fucking kicks him off the airship, and mm. he's just like, "Holy shit! What what is going so on?" It's the opening to Destiny Two, basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> where he like he put plants his foot on your face and just like, Whoop. oh, that's so good. Um, that's and wonderful. and it's and but every time you run into Bowser, he he says stuff, and and it's not voice acted like in Sunshine, but he you know it, they're basically speaking Simlish like for each character, so he's just like. It's funny because he goes, Mario. <laughs> he actually says Mario's he name. He says in the Mario in like a very gruff, like Bowser-esque <laughs> voice. He's like, Mario. <laughs> but it's really weird when you get to like the other kingdoms because everyone else has that too, including the people in the Metro Kingdom, which are humans, but they speak in like this very low, like, <laughs> I'm like, these people, these people okay? What's, what's going on? These are mushroom people. No, no, these are the regular like, like human? proportionally correct humans. Oh, oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, oh, <laughs> get away from me. Oh, and they're all like stereotypical New Yorkers too, because it's like I see this one guy. He's like, you want me to go over there? Forget about it. Like his little speech bubble. I'm like, oh man, god, damn it. <laughs> Nintendo is actually like historically really good at opening up, opening, starting games off like Super Metroid. Man, the intro to that, so you start off with the menu screen and you got the music and it shows you the lab mm-hmm. and it's just that like, oh, this is kind of scary. And then you get in and it's like this really quiet and you're moving through the ship and then you realize I'm walking past the menu screen. And there's dead bodies here. And then like, you know, Ridley shows up. Perfect beginning. Super Mario RPG actually starts kind of like similarly happy moments. Bowser comes. You run to go fight Bowser. And then the big bad shows up and you're like, oh, and then you get the Final Fantasy music. And, right. It's like, oh man. Um, so Mario Odyssey is, is satisfying to me in that way, right? In that narrative way, um, which I haven't seen since Sunshine. You see, it, it's kind of in there in Galaxy One, Galaxy Two. I didn't play a lot of Galaxy Two, so I don't remember. But Super Mario 3D Land, 3D World, none of it. I did not like the layout of Super Mario 3D Land and World. Like Super Mario 3D Land for a 3DS game, like. I think it's amazing. Sumar 3D World with the same kind of basic layout as 3D Land, but 
this is the mainstay main console Mario game mm. was not a fan. This Super Mario World esque over overworld that you'd walk around to and it's nodes that you're completing was not a fan. So I'm 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 way happier that they moved back to the to the Mario sixty four Mario Sunshine of this this is a this is a world this is a kingdom you're going to explore it and uh, and there there are a bunch of moons because they're doing power moons now instead of stars and they fucking give you all, fucking moons everywhere like it's not even like you know because you know you play a Mario sixty four Mario Sunshine level and it's like hey the stars or the shine sprites are like kind of hard to get or like there's one in this level it's like no you're gonna ground pound this crack in the ground there's a moon here's a moon oh just walk into the store buy a moon hey there's a moon at the top of this building grab the moon and they don't and they don't stop the the level and then send you back to the start to that you just grab a moon it's like all right go on that's that's nice (laughs) and so you're just running around like and so you have to collect way more of them to progress obviously but it's 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 interesting how they've mixed up that mechanic where it's like like how legend how breath of the wild is much more interested in the exploration mario odyssey is also that it's just like here's here's a world there are no hubs there are no spokes this is just in a complete open world of a kingdom just run around it it's also I'll, 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 I'll definitely admit that if Nintendo can keep up this kind of re-examination of their franchises like yeah. Breath of the Wild and even Mario Odyssey, which on a surface level I don't like, uh, I'm I'm very excited for what to see. Like I'm excited to see what the next Zelda game is going to be. Is it going to be you know, even if it's not the big wide open thing? Is it going to be something you know that that does an interesting iteration of Zelda? Uh, but uh, I I think. For Mario Odyssey, for me, you know, there's just so many games to play. Yeah. That I, if, 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 if it does come down to something like, I don't want to see Mario with realistic dinosaurs or realistic people, I, I that's enough for me to be like, all right, I'll just check out of this game and go to come for the next Mario. Well, yeah. I mean, it's crazy that Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Wolfenstein 2 all came out in the same day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's nuts. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, um, I just want to see how they, if, if I want to see how far this creative reinvention goes, like, yeah. so I'm curious, like what that mainstay Pokemon game is going to look like on the switch. I want to see what Metroid prime four looks like. I want to see, I want them to touch every single series. I want to see what a new F zero looks like from their current, you know, you know, incubation. I want to see what a new star Fox. I want to see what a new kid Icarus. I want to see a new, ice climbers fuck let's just let's fucking just do all the deep cuts star fox is the one i would like to see the most like right i watch you in a your, your star fox 64 playthrough oh man i love star fox 64 yeah Ooh. oh it's like it's a wonderful like perfect game it, right it's i mean you know it's aged certainly but i wouldn't even say it's aged poorly it's just it just shows it's age but like the controls are tight the the combat feels good the it's got so much replayability even now. Like, man, whew, that's that's good game design. Ooh. But what I would love to see, I've always wanted to like have like, I want I've, there's so I love some of these Nintendo worlds so much. I want a continuous world. Like, you know, Breath of the Wild was pretty close. I jump in there still. Uh, I don't know how long it's been since I got it, but it's been a long time that I've been playing that game, and I'll still just jump in and do a side quest or a shrine or something. I want a Star Fox game where you're like really like 
you know, open galaxy and then you, you know, you might end up, you know, on a mission and it's the very on rails thing. But I want to go to like the space bar in the Star Fox setting, you know, and have like the, the smugglers like tavern where like, you know, you track and wolf or something. That This is my, my fanfic dream Star Fox game. So you want like the Star Fox adventures part where you're like on foot and then you board your yeah. R-wing and you take off. and you I don't need on foot combat necessarily, you know, maybe, oh, you know, what would be perfect actually if Telltale Games could do the like <laughs> the on foot section of Star Fox and then Nintendo could just do a Star Fox game and you just jam those things together. So you've got like, you know, story and character moments set in like a well-written Telltale Games Pe- Peppy will remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's the dream now. <laughs> uh, did did Peppy have like a crush on Fox's dad? Because when I was watching you and Nick play through it, it every every it's like your dad used to do that. This <laughs> You're becoming me. more like your dad every day, Fox. You remind me of your dad. <laughs> you got those tight glutes just like your dad, Fox. Oh, <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> the sumptuous body is just like your dad. <laughs> Come and visit me in my quarters like your dad used to do. <laughs> oh, poor Peppy. <laughs> Man, Star Fox. Yeah. What what Nintendo game do you want to see reinvented more than anything? Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon. Um <laughs> Because Pokemon isn't fun anymore. You know, I dude, that's I I was like I so I hadn't played Pokemon since like yellow and platinum. For like that, that's and 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 then Twitch plays Pokemon came out the first. Wait, time. yellow and platinum? Yeah, like that was the like you played yellow. Yeah, I played and then yellow you played... and I played platinum. I can't remember which I actually played first of those two, but those were like the last two that I had played. So like I played red and blue, and I know I played yellow and platinum. Um, no, maybe not platinum. It was those, so... those aren't the colors at all, Joe. So red and blue. Yeah, I played yellow. Okay, and then it was gold and silver, right? Uh huh. And not platinum. Crystal. Was it crystal? Uh huh. Here, I'm gonna watch this. Gen 1, red, blue, yellow. Gen 2, gold, silver, crystal. Gen 3, ruby, sapphire, emerald. Gen 4, diamond, pearl, platinum. Gen 5, uh, black, white, black, black 2, white, white black 2. 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gen 6. XY. XY. Gen 7. Sun no moon. Z, though, on, on that? On... Nope. No, they gave up on the third iteration after... All right, all right. Uh, so it must have been silver then, because I know it was... The silver cartridge, okay. It was like Lugia, right? Yeah, on the cover. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. the one I played, yeah, yeah. not Platinum. Uh, but I had, but that's just because I hadn't, I had lost touch with Pokemon. And Twitch plays Pokemon came out, and I was like, oh my god, Pokemon! Oh my god, I want to play Pokemon again. So I got Pokemon X, and I played, and I was like, oh, it's just so thrilling! It's Pokemon. And then halfway through, I just just completely petered out on me. I was like, this is just the same. It's just rock paper scissors. It's just and it, yeah, and I've, I've, it's not, it's not. I'm not enthused by it. And it's funny because I still have that, like the thing that I realized was the most driving force in that game for me was the collector's mentality, collecting Pokemon. I was like, I want to do this, but the gameplay became very boring, very fast for me. And I would love to see Pokemon be something more than what it has always been. Let me, let me make a proposition to you. (gasps) Pokemon, but custom robo gameplay. I don't know what custom robo is. Oh. It was a GameCube series. Um, so basically you built a robot and then so there was like a the RPG mechanic there, but the robots only existed in this digital space. Hmm. So there are the there are these like kind of fenced off combat arenas that you would fly your robot around and, and fight the other robot and they had like randomized geometry and geography to them. And so you'd run around this this space. So just imagine that, but 
hey, this is the designated battle zone for a Pokemon, and there's there's rocks, there's fields, there's trees. Maybe you have a Pikachu, and the Pikachu climbs up the tree, and you, use, and you have your Thunderbolt. Are you saying that we genetically modify Pokemon <laughs> to, for combat purposes? <laughs> no, I'm saying that... We build genetically? No, I wasn't talking about the story aspect, Joe. I was just talking about the gameplay. Just imagine that, like... Instead of it being a turn-based game, it's you are you are actively controlling the Pikachu, and you run the Pikachu around. You have to strategically position yourself to fight the Gold Bat or whatever. At this point, I just want Telltale Games to do every single franchise because I was just thinking I would play a Telltale Games Pokemon game. Mewtwo will remember that. <laughs> oh man, damn! So that would I, I, actually though building up a relationship with your Pokemon. Like having Pikachu will remember that would almost be perfect. Like, you know, when you have to like, like you can have that moment where in a battle Pikachu might be like, Pikachu's not, doesn't, doesn't like you enough to do a thing. I mean, they do that now. Like they're, yeah, no, they're, I know. they're friendship. That's what I'm saying. Games, yeah. And you could translate that very easily yeah. into, you know, you're out of battle moments where it's like, do you want to give Pikachu this candy bar? You know, and it's like, or, or Growlithe or whatever Pokemon names are. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just, I'm just telltale games is just, it's just it's too it's too consumable for me. I love it. I love yeah. I love that like I get characterization and it's like there's so much it doesn't even matter that you know the plot kind of narrows in on a, to a place. Right. I feel like I control that character like and I I, I want to see that in so many more settings now just because that's their shtick, right? They jump from setting to setting to setting and they they tell a story and it's like damn. I like I like knowing these characters in the setting. And uh I like I like particularly that it's often very small. Like it's you know it's small characters and it's it's that lets the the grounded plot be very focused on these you know character arcs. Yeah, I bought uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. I haven't touched it yet, but I haven't I haven't played that one yet. I played the Batman one earlier this year, the first season, because yeah. now they have a second season. Uh, really good. Really liked it. I, I I loved how much I got to be Bruce Wayne in that. The Batman stuff was fine because right. you're it's quick time combat, whatever. But being Bruce Wayne and determining what kind of Bruce Wayne I was, that I really like. I thought the Selena Kyle Bruce Wayne relationship was the best part. Top notch. Very good. Good stuff. Man. All damn. right. Well, let's, well, let's end on agreement. What? Instead of your disagreement and your wrongness about Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 we're all, we, we live in an age of opinions. Uh, and I an, like an to age vehemently of the, of, of the cinema sins and Yahtzee Croshaws of the world. I really vehemently enjoy, I, I enjoy vehemently like saying that my opinions are right and true and all other opinions are wrong because it's satisfying to argue. But uh, man, there's just to, 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 to kind of bounce off of this one last thing. Cause we were talking about cinema sins and all this. Uh, I, I realized at a certain point that people would tell me that they really liked a game and I would just like be like, no, that game is the worst in the series. And I was just like, I was just wanting to make a point, but I was like, man, this is actually a really like toxic thing to do to people. Like tell them why their game, their favorite game is shit. Right. And it was just, it wasn't something I was doing to be an asshole. I was just doing it because I was naturally an asshole. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I guess that's kind of what it boils down to because I, I had a strong opinion about this game and YouTube made me feel like I could, I should just, you know, uh, lay my opinions out there and have have a really cynical breakdown of why it's so shitty. Uh, and, and lately I've been trying to be like, Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just let people enjoy shit. (laughs) Like you like Mario sunshine. Fine. You're wrong, (laughs) but fine. Fine. I'm wrong. (laughs) No, but I mean, if, if I was, I, what I would try to not say is I would try to not say you're wrong. I'd be like, Oh cool. Mario sunshine. Yeah. I like the part. Yeah. I need to do more of that 
too. I mean, especially I was pretty bad about it last year because, you know, I, I was on this podcast with three very strongly opinionated people. Um, and, you know, this year too. I mean, if, if every, everyone has their opinions, but I felt like last year was it was much more of a of a fight that I probably provocated more than I, I, I needed to. But arguments are, are good. Like arguing is good. But no, you're wrong. And this is why that's arguments are bad. Yeah. So so well, arguments about things that people like don't generally go go places. If you're trying to convince someone that the thing they really enjoyed is wrong, then you're not going to win that argument. And I see so often on like chat rooms, people being like, oh, you know, Half-Life 3, worst of the series. And I'm like, well, just uh, that guy really enjoyed Half-Life 3, you know? Uh, Stranger Things, not as good as people think it is. Stranger Things season two is not as good as season one. But <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed I, watching Stranger Things the first season. I but, really enjoyed the first season. But I wasn't like, whoa. <laughs> I was. I was. And you're wrong. Yeah. And that's what we realized today. I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joe. You're not wrong. <laughs> now, uh, anyways, opinions and stuff, and word games podcast, where you can come to find opinions all the time. Speaking of finding people, Joe, where can people find you? Hey, we're from Instant Replay Live over at this corner, and that's that's www.instantreplaylive.com. We do a let's play, <gasps> amongst other just one stuff. Yeah, well, maybe. That's maybe. what you should do. You should do like one single game. You should end the show. You should end the channel on one game. Do like a really long, do like Oblivion or something. Ooh. But one minute long videos. Ooh. Bite sized Let's Play. But we are actually looking to tr- maybe transition out of Let's Plays and into maybe video essays, mm. maybe more D&D stuff. We're not sure. You know, Let's Plays are very played out. But for now, they played out. Ah! Oh, come to www.instantreplaylive.com for Let's Plays. But also, we actually just kind of formed our little like Twitch team. So we have at twitch.tv forward slash instantreplaylive. Uh, we have Karen Abob and Vaguely Someone and all these friends of the of the of our nerd community uh, that are doing streams various days of the week. So. We usually have streams going on. Anyways, yeah, Instant Play Live. That's my shilling for the for the day. Very jealous of your of your community that you and Nick have fostered. You can you can you can just join it. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the Discord. You just I'm lurking. Just yeah, lurk harder. Lurk. Uh with you, a vengeance, or live free. I live free to lurk. <laughs> uh, it's a good day for it. It's a good day to lurk hard. Die hard one. And you can find uh, this podcast and all the other podcasts at ward-games.com forward slash podcasts. Or you can find us on Twitter at at sign Ward Video Games. You're telling people who are listening to your podcast where to find your podcast? Or you, Joe. I mean, I mean, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Huh? I listen to podcasts <gasps> when I'm on the road, when I'm in the bath. When I'm mostly in the bath, yeah, it's a perfect time. I just get my headphones on and sink under glass the water, of wine. break my headphones. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Your last podcast sounded like <laughs> it was really good. Uh, <laughs> or uh, go on your favorite podcast app and search for Wardcast. That's an even simpler solution. We got it all. Bing bong bang. Good night. <laughs> See you on the videos. <laughs>